He's the man in the back of the room. Y con la voz de Dios. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, CEOs where to go, and stars when to shine. But as he likes to point out, Who cares? I care. It's true, she cares. And so does he. He's entertainment and production agency owner and meeting and event master, Anthony Bellotta. She's his Agent 99, and you're about to be Bellottified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified, the one and only pod about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bolotta. I'm here every week, as I am, with the always delicious, always optimistic Alexia Cristina Postaliris. Opa! Alex! Opa! Anthony! The morning has come. The moon is bright. <laughs> Open those eyes. Though you did not sleep last night. Oh, I just made a rhyme. That, that was- that was good. That was good. I'd have to open open your eyes. Not not quite a haiku. No, 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 no haiku. No. I was I, thinking maybe you were you were haiku haiku rapping. Well, here's the issue. I really wasn't thinking it would rhyme when I started speaking, but then I thought, oh, maybe I can make this rhyme before I finish <laughs> speaking. And there you have it, there an incomplete have it. haiku. Right. Yes. Yes. But but impressive nonetheless. Well, thank you so much. You know, I do. Whatever the hell I can, which in some some days is just not even close to being <laughs> no. enough. And, you know, other days I Stop. do all right. You doing all right today? I am doing okay. It was a whirlwind weekend and then I uh, got hit with a bout of vertigo, but um, a fun weekend for the most part, minus the vertigo. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. To hear, well, I don't know. Am I sorry? Wait, that's great to hear. Except for the vertigo. Except for the vertigo, yes. Yeah, the vertigo really is just, that's a, that is just a spinning mess. Well, and it was a little embarrassing too. So it was Ileana's birthday yesterday. And for the weekend, we got a Verbo. And she had some friends over on Saturday night. And then Sunday night, we did a family party. So we were playing games with a couple of her friends. And I literally was, had been a good girl. I'd had not even two drinks. I had eaten, but I hadn't eaten all day prior to that. I'd got undergone hypnosis. So it kind of puts you in that altered state. And then we're playing the game. Everything's fine. I'm just like this. Then all of a sudden, and I had to just lay back and close my eyes. And I went, I am so embarrassed. And I couldn't, I like, Jan, you have to drive home. I can't. I mean, it was bad. What was it the bottle spinning on the floor that made you go into vertigo? <laughs> Were you playing that bottle spinning? Not game? with my is daughter. That, is that friends. what you're really embarrassed about? Oh, no. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> what were we playing? It was a fun game for which the olders, the elders sucked. Oh, well, you don't remember the game? I'm curious. Um, I'm going to have to ask Illy, but it was fun. It was Janet, David, and me against Illy and her two friends. And um, she kept going, my mom's going to be great at this because I'm good at like word cross and all of that, right? I'm going to blame it on the impending vertigo that I suck big time. Yeah, you just didn't know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. And then it hit, and then you had a good reason why you didn't win the game. That's and then exactly I, what happened. 
I do, you know, I'm texting her friends. I'm really sorry. I wasn't drunk. I just, I just, everything hit. I, I was so embarrassed. So what's worse, being drunk in front of your daughter's friends or yes. having vertigo? No, that would be worse. Yeah, I, I agree. Being yeah. The vertigo I can't and, help. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't get ever get like that. I mean, so I'm like, what happened? I don't understand. Wow. So. Hey, you know what? We're at a point in our lives where things happen and we quite frequently don't understand what's going on. Why me? I think I'm going to try that cryotherapy. I'm, I'm on the verge of trying that where you actually immerse yourself in a cold steam or a cold, you know, uh, ice plunge or something to help me with all of the aches and pains that I suddenly feel at this point in my life that are just debilitating, you know, it's awful. Let would you do that, that cold? Would you? Oh, okay. I, are, I, no? no. I, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm brave. I mean, like if we were going to go do a cold plunge dip, if we were in Alaska or something, I totally do it. I, I'd hate it, but I would do it because it's the experience. But just inflicting it on myself here in California for it have to be, you know, let me know how it works and then I'll let you know. I'm but I also that said I'd never get a tattoo and I did. So there you there go. You go. There you go. I'm hoping that it will generate some some excitement as well as some pain relief. <laughs> You know, the idea of getting into something really, really cold just sort of tickles me and makes me all anticipatory and excited. You know, it's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Like taking that taking that plunge. Okay, before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe. Go ahead. We'll give you a sec. Why, thank you. So though this has nothing, nothing, nothing to do with what we're talking about today, I would like to talk. <laughs> Let's get tipsy! I would like to talk about the woefully wandering welcome, which has become pervasive in business, and uh, perhaps how to avoid that conundrum. Uh, there was a time in the not too distant past when we were taught the value of a good first impression in business and in our personal lives. In business, the teaching underpinned what would later be dubbed the welcome experience, which could be quite elaborate actually. But the essence of every welcome experience remained two basic yet essential ingredients. One, a welcoming greeting, and two, a warm smile. In the day, we sometimes rehearsed our welcome experience to ensure it would be on point, and you could always be sure it always followed a script. It was just something we did, especially when the stakes were high, to give our very best first impression. And all businesses were doing it to one degree or another, retailers, car mechanics, doctor's offices. And you know what? It made us consumers feel appreciated, it boosted our confidence in our selection of purveyors, and it set a tone of mutual respect. Sadly, today we've lost sight of the importance of the welcome experience just about everywhere. And while it can be said that blame is shared among both purveyors and consumers who are not always so gracious, shouldn't we in the hospitality industry always be leaders in setting the right welcome tone? Isn't that what hospitality is? 
Hopefully you agree and are already in pursuit of higher ground to ensure you're always at the top of your game when it's your turn to deliver the welcome experience. No shade, delivering that experience can be difficult. So when you find it is difficult, do this. One, take a nice deep breath and just key in on that breath, in and out. Hardest part, not closing your eyes. So if you can, feel free to do so, but first, but start practicing that breath with eyes open and bright as soon as you can. Two, smile. The idea is to really connect with that smile so it comes from an authentic place. If you're not a natural smiler, you might not want to be in the uh, industry to begin with, but <laughs> if you're not a natural smiler, start by identifying a memory that brings a smile to your face and use that memory to help inspire it on cue. We call that sense memory. And three, this is the real important one, learn to leave your baggage at home. That's a tenet of acting, which practically speaking suggests that if you're so consumed with what is happening outside of your character, then how can you actually hope to convince us, the audience, you're in that character or are that character? But it applies in all work environments because very few of us can separate and delineate our feelings with the snap of our fingers. So dare I say it, starting a practice of putting aside any concerns, problems, heartbreaks, not an easy thing to do, but easier with daily practice, is something that can help strengthen your welcome game. And that is Tipsy. I love it because it's a pet peeve of mine. When people, when you walk into a business and you're the reaction you get is like, you know, like my being there trying to take advantage of their business, trying to utilize their services and it's greeted with annoyance. Yes. And I know you, Alex, I think that in, in this <laughs> circumstance, we are very much alike in that we will approach a representative, somebody at a front desk, with as much warmth and kindness as we can muster, especially if we see they're having a difficult mm -hmm. time to uh, you know try to try to get past that yeah. wandering welcome. And when that doesn't work, it's really disheartening. It is. And you know, I oh go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I would say I probably shouldn't tell you this because like, I'm giving away some information, but I love what you said about keeping your eyes open and taking that breath. You can always tell with me if I'm in that moment of keep calm because I will smile. My eyes will get really big. And that's that deep breath. I'm like, okay, take a breath before you react mm -hmm. to try to keep myself on the path of killing with kindness before I have to pull out the big guns. Yeah, and not to get too technical about this because, you know, I'm nothing but a an entertainment and events producer, but the breath is so, so important because it does help you to take a moment, to slow down, to reset. That breath is so, so key. So don't uh, disregard it. Don't think, ah, that's hogwash. Really dig into that breath and 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 allow it 
to help you to reset yourself. Now, I can't help but wonder what Yaya would say to this, because this feels so newfangled and all. But uh, you know. no, 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 especially the part where you talk about leaving your baggage at home. So Yaya used to talk about this man from her village. He owned a Greek taverna right on the beach, right? And no matter how many trials and tribulations he went through, he always had a smile for his customers always. So one day one of his regulars came in and, you know, he asked, Teodoro, in the last year you've gone through so much. You're storm blowing a roof off your taverna, your Etsina barrels being destroyed, your goat dying, your cousin Nico running off with your wife's sister. How do you stay so positive? So, to which Nika, the other replied, okay, I'm going to try and get through this now without laughing. Tadakriamu inethikamu alatohamoyeyomu inethikosu. That is a mouthful. <laughs> what, what does it mean? It means my tears are mine, but my smile is yours. <gasps> oh, that is a delicious saying. Isn't that pretty? My tears are mine, but my smile is yours. That's that's a that's that is a uh, a mantra. Yes. That I think we should share with the entire industry. Okay, let's do you it. Know? Do we yes. teach him it in Greek first? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part. Yeah. We got you. Got to talk about the goat dying though, because you know it well, doesn't make sense until the goat dies. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Not to go off on a tangent, but I was walking the girls one day a few weeks ago, and I happened to come across some neighbors who were walking their goats. <laughs> now, I live in North Park in San Diego, which is is not, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, it's not the country. We're right here in the middle of the city. And there were my neighbors walking their goats and so it's not as ridiculous as it sounds. And people do lose their goats and we should be very yes. mindful of that, right? Yes, because goats are the best. Okay, let's get off the subject <laughs> yes. of goats. And let, let's meet our guest today. I'm so excited to have her on. She is just a breath of fresh air. She doesn't know that I feel this way about her because I really haven't expressed it, but wow. We had the opportunity to work with her recently, and I was just blown away by her ability, her attitude, the service that she provides. Mm -hmm. She was she did not give anyone a wandering welcome. She was on point with her welcome, by the way. Yes, and she was. Uh, she was just awesome to work with. So let's let's meet her. Well, our guest today is a creative and innovative event management professional with more than 12 years of success planning and executing events for corporate, association, and government agencies. After earning her Bachelor of Science degree in hospitality management from the University of South Carolina, her work took her all over the country, from North Carolina to New York, Florida, Colorado, and finally landing her in our backyard of San Diego. Growing up in the theater world, another, I know, right? That's, she, there you go. There you go. She, to make find, sense. <laughs> she finds that events and theater are quite comparable. The audience at a show is just like the attendees of a conference. You want to, you want them to leave satisfied 
and wanting more. So please welcome Senior Event Manager at the Marriott Marquis, San Diego Marina, the vivacious Miss Nikki Arnold. Wow, thank you so much. <laughs> All Alex, true. Alex, that was such a warm greeting. I, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All, all true. And and mm-hmm. before we get into the crux of this interview, I just I just have to I have to clear my my chest and say that every time I think of you, I think Kiki Palmer. But you're not Kiki Palmer, you're Nikki Arnold. But there is a song in there somewhere for you. There is. Yes. I've you been know? to once or twice. <laughs> Absolutely. So Nikki, welcome to the broadcast and thank you so much for joining us. We like to start this broadcast with what we call 10 quick questions to help us and our audience get to know you a little better. Are you willing to give us a little play? Oh yeah, I love playing games, let's do it. Yay, yay, all right. So this is so simple, 10 questions. The first answer that comes to mind and Alex will watch the clock at two minutes. We're ready to go. 10 quick questions. 10 quick questions? Question number one. Nikki Arnold, what was your first job in the hospitality industry, position and place of of employment? It was Birkenstock, the shoe brand. That was my very first. It was retail, but still hospitality is involved with retail. So I was sales associate on the floor selling, uh, you know, footwear. (laughs) It was very interesting as a first job. But to this day, I'm now obsessed with the brand. I love Birkenstocks. They're great for your feet. And they're quite stylish. So yes, that was my first role. Must have been a positive experience then if you're still in love with the brand. Oh, yes. Yes, mm. yes. What beverage do you keep in your Stanley Cup? <laughs> well, as a day or night, I'm getting... Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I like you. <laughs> oh, do tell. So I would say uh, my Stanley Cup is probably going to be iced coffee like an iced latte regular milk regular cow's milk that's been a topic lately of discussion so i felt like i should say that (laughs) i too drink the milk of cow and love it you're among friends yes number three what color do you wear when you want to feel powerful that's a great question um if you know me i'm very very colorful even today i'm wearing a fuchsia, magenta, bright pinkish purple shirt. Um, However, when I want to feel my most powerful, I'm definitely in all black uh, with either a pop of color or just gold jewelry with it. All right, another color question. Peach fuzz is Pantone's 2024 color of the year, if you can imagine. What comes to mind when I say peach fuzz? (laughs) Um, I always felt ticklish a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> that's a tickling word um that's so interesting i would just question is that white peach or yellow peach uh uh-huh. is it an ombre peach fuzz it really leaves me wondering what exactly that means this is a gal who knows her colors i'm just gonna say <laughs> you opened up the world of peach fuzz for me today yes. thank you because i was bored by that um that color choice so now and now i'm not now i'm just excited about it it just goes to prove that, you know, colors like people are multidimensional. Yes. Yes. Number five, what's one question you can always anticipate a client will ask? Oh, that's such a good one. Um, 
I would say, how far does it take to walk from my room to the meeting space? <gasps> really? Yes. I get asked that question almost every site visit. Um, there's multiple different reasons why, I would assume. Um, but yes, that's very, very common. It's like in today's world, we're afraid to walk too far. So can I ask you, when they ask that, do you respond with, I'll bless your heart? <laughs> you should. Yeah, but with all... I've been trying to hide my Southern accent, but you might be bringing it out of me with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, your property is not exactly small. It is a very large property with a lot of meeting space. And so, you know, the, the question isn't that, you know, out of the realm of, you know, what's appropriate. Although, although it would be funny if you actually could look down at a pad and say, oh, you're in room such and such, and you're going to such and such. That's going to take you three minutes and two seconds if you walk at a pace of. It's almost, I, I have to pause sometimes and remind myself I need to hold my composure and not look at them like I have three eyes because, uh, because yeah, I mean, how, how would I possibly know down to a second how long that is, but. Right. But, you know, putting yourself in their shoes, I can certainly see why they would need to know that, especially if you're the meeting planner, because you need to go from point A to point B rather quickly. And that can't happen if you're in a South Tower compared to a North Tower. So, And it does depend on your footwear. If you're a woman wearing four inch heels, it's going to take a different length of time than if you're a man wearing Birkenstocks. And I, I hate to go off off the, the 10 quick questions, but I, I have a little comment quickly. It's and, and you're smart because you understand really what's at the essence of that question. And so, you know, rather than just flub it off and say, oh, that's a ridiculous question, you understand that the reason you're being asked is because distance and getting someplace quickly when you're in the throes of an event can be really important. So I assume that when you get a question like that, you're already thinking, okay, this 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 client wants to be close to the meeting space. So when we do the room allotment, we're going to make sure that that happens. Is, is that a fair statement? Oh, quite fair. Uh, I'm always two steps ahead when it comes to things like that. And um, you're absolutely right. Placing them in a room closest to their meeting space is ideal. Um, and typically I will do that in advance so that I can just bring it to the table and it's not something I have to get back to them on. Um, so yeah, 100%. It's again, one of the things that you do that mm -hmm. separates you from other professionals because you're listening, you know, beyond the question and it's so, so key. All right. So number six, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, or talent, which of these has served you most in your career, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, or talent? I would definitely, well, I'm kind of on the verge of two there, but uniqueness, I feel, would be the best word out of those four to describe me and my path on this career journey. I love it. Uh, I want to know what makes you unique or how you how you uh, uh, manifest that uniqueness for the client. So I always put myself in their shoes. And what am I looking for from from, you know, this service, right? And this provider. Um, 
And every every person, every client that I've worked with is different. And you have to be able to read the room, so to speak. You have to be able to read them and know their path and where they're coming from. Uh, I think that with Unicus comes adaptability. And I think that that's a very strong comparison um, for me to be able to tell if a client is super excited and bubbly and has this wonderful laughing personality versus you know, a client that maybe is a little bit more reserved, you know, I have to be adaptable to that. I can't go full out and give them my full expression when that might actually make them want to curl back into their turtle shell. Um, and so what makes me unique is the sense that I can read people very, very well. Um, and I use that to get a gauge on how I should move forward in my planning with them but I almost always will bring them out of their shell if they do have one, which is very, very fun. I love doing that. And I love um, becoming close with my clients in that way. Mm, love it. What is the last thing you got in trouble for doing or saying? <laughs> um, oh gosh, I don't want to say that. Come on, yeah. Nobody's there's only, listening. There's it's only a few of us here. Yeah. Um, well, I think it would be, <laughs> um, not necessarily in trouble, but, uh, my boss and I have an incredible relationship and I recently misunderstood, uh, an invitation that was sent out to our team. I thought that it was a different location than what she was saying that it is. Um, and, <laughs> and so I ended up, of course, spreading this rumor, so call it, that we were going somewhere that we weren't actually going. So it ended up being a big laugh amongst the entire team and department. Um, but I basically blew it way out of proportion and probably got everybody a little too excited. Um, we're still excited about this, um, team outing, but it's not quite as grandiose as what I was thinking it was going to be. Oh, that is just, that's so innocent oh. though. That That's yeah. you know, totally excusable, totally. Yeah. A rousing Broadway musical is being developed of your life. Who plays you, Nikki Arnold? <laughs> oh, I love that question. Um... I would love for Tina Fey to play me. <sighs> I would love that. We don't look anything alike, but my gosh, does she make me laugh? And I love her personality and anything she's been in from SNL to movies. Um, she is, she's my type of actress. So I would be honored if Tina Fey would please play the role of Nikki Arnold. Great choice. Yeah, it's a really we awesome choice. Disagree. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, you're walking towards the stage to receive your Lifetime Achievement Award. What song is the band playing? I would say they would be playing. Oh my goodness, these are just great questions. Um, I know. Uh, probably shares believe. <laughs> love it. Huh? Okay. They're right now. I'm not sure if that's what I would pick ultimately, but right now that is what I would want played. That's in the Which running. It's in the and it's it's an appropriate mm -hmm. song to use for such a moment like mm -hmm. that. So kudos to you for that. All right, last question. Marriott Corporate calls and offers you a promotion in a new market. 
the one you've dreamt about working in. Where is it? Italy. Right off the top of my head, Italy. Something I've always dreamt of, something that maybe one day I'll do. Um, but yes, absolutely. Coast of Italy. Oh my gosh, I would just be so thrilled. Well, if you're going to Italy, Miss Nikki, <laughs> uh, we're going with you. We're going with you. What part of Italy? Say. I got to ask you, what part of Italy? So I would probably be... I want to say wine country, but it's all wine country. Um, I haven't decided that yet. I wouldn't okay. want to be somewhere like Milan or Rome, maybe Florence, maybe Naples, something like that. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for playing our little game yes. of 10 quick questions. Really fun. So I'm curious to know, um, if were you able to hear our tipsy today? Oh, yes. What, what are your thoughts on our tipsy? Oh my gosh, I thought that um, that was an incredible topic and and right on par with something we actually, um, as an organization, have been discussing quite often internally. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it, it definitely translates oh. very well to what we're being challenged with as associates of Marriott International. Um, I think that you know, coming out of the pandemic, I know I hate to bring that up, but that was a game-changing time and a game-changing experience. And I feel like a lot of uh, associates throughout the hospitality industry have really changed from that. Um, I always say, I think that you have to be uh, truly passionate to stay in this field and to love it and to be happy. Um, and some people stayed through it and some people did not. Um, so. And again, coming out of that, I think a lot of a lot of folks are more stressed or um, they know that work-life balance is more important. And of course that is, but that doesn't help them keep their eye on the prize, which is your customer and, and the relationship that you have with them and how you're going to keep them wanting to come back. Um, those are things that are very important. And that all starts with the warm welcome, the warm greeting, as you said. Nothing ever can take back that first impression, ever. And so I look at that very much when I'm greeting a customer myself. And that that is where it takes me back to the stage of you're always on stage mm -hmm. and you're always shining. And it's okay to show emotion uh, because we are real people. And I think right. real people like to see emotion. Um, but with limitations. So I, I love the topic. I could literally talk about it for hours, which I'm sure we do not have time for. So, <laughs> but, I, but I would like to ask you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, COVID and the fact that we're still pulling ourselves out of it. Uh, are you, are there a lot of new hires at your property? So I'm actually amazed at this property. Um, there are so many wonderful hosts that have been working here for gosh, I mean, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is pretty incredible. Um, those that have stuck around and, and love this property and that kind of, you feel it throughout the walls and, and you feel that the hosts are so happy to walk into the door to greet you. And they act that same way to everybody. So to our customers as well. So that's one of the things that we're really putting into place is 
we want to speak and continue to speak to our associates um, the same way we would customers, because those internal relationships are just as important as those external relationships. Yes. And it all leads from the top down, right? Mm -hmm. um, our general manager, hotel manager, my director, all the way down. It's just everybody has that um, purpose um, and that goal in mind. And you really feel it. It's it's very, you feel energetic when you walk into the building. You feel that. Uh, I think his name is Fred, Fred Reichelt developed something called the net promoter score. And the idea behind that for businesses is, and it's a scale basically, is that you create fans from within your business. And that helps you to create fans outside of your business so that everyone, whether they're internal to the business or they're an external customer, is acting like a fan of your business. And that helps you to spread the word about your business and get more business. So I, I love that Marriott mm -hmm. is doing that. Your property is doing that. Because when you start internally and you build those that fan base internally, you've got something really concrete to go out to the world with. And when everyone in the company feels like a fan, then people are all working for the same goal. Exactly. It's it's incredible to hear that. I'm so, so delighted to hear that you're doing that there at the Marriott Marquis San yeah. Diego. And you know this isn't this isn't a new thing either, um, Anthony. So Mr. Marriott, long, long ago, this was one of his core values: is treat your associates great, and then they will treat the customers great. And it's a cyclical thing, mm -hmm. but it always starts with making sure your associates are kept happy and um, that we listen to them. And you know, me included. You know, there's a reason why I've been with Marriott for almost for over five years now. And I do not see myself jumping ship anytime soon. I love this organization and I want to continue to grow in it. Kudos. It's a, it's a good lesson for business owners out there, large and small. I have a so question you, for, oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, please go ahead. I do. I have a question for you kind of dovetailing on this, especially since COVID. Do you find that customers are more apt now to compliment staff or to complain about staff? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I've I've seen this go two different ways. I think that in today's culture, there is a very high expectation. Um, people want what they want and they want it now. Yeah. And you know that that even stems I mean, to the tech industry, you have Amazon Prime for crying out loud, where you can right. order and get it delivered same day. Right. And and I think that some uh, clients might lose sight of the fact that I'm a person, mm -hmm. right? I'm not a robot. I can't just manufacture things quickly and to the touch of a button. Um, that it does take time, especially if you want to be detailed and do it well. Um, and so with that being said, I think it's, it's very easy to be upfront with customers and and tell them, you know, what you're asking of me might be a little bit too challenging. Um, is it okay if I get back to you on this day? And usually they'll be fine and they'll agree with that and they'll understand. So I think a lot of it's just reminding and we have to continue to remind each other in this industry that we are not robots and mm -hmm. that, you know, luckily we have jobs that need people, they need human bodies. Um, because that's what will keep 
me and my coworkers and people in the hotel industry employed. Um, and then on the flip side, I've definitely had customers that are very understanding and very gracious. Um, you know, they walk into a pre-convention meeting at our hotel, and that's the meeting that we have prior to a big conference where our top customers will be introduced to the key players of our team, all the way from our GM um, down to our director of IT, of um, our director of hotel technology. You just meet everybody that's going to be a key player for the success of that program. And I've had customers that walk in and go around the room and shake every single employee's hand before we even get started. When that happens, I almost want to tear up. That's not something that I see even nowadays. So when we get a, a piece of business where the customer understands and is so appreciative of what we and our associates do for them, it just, I mean, that that keeps me going. That really does. Mm. Um, and that that means a lot. So, you know, again, twofold. <clears throat> and even if somebody does want something right now, they want it, they want it now. That doesn't mean that they're that they're rude or bad or ungrateful. Um, it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, our world is moving on and technology is becoming part of that. And we have to be understanding. And yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, a great answer. And also, you know, we don't work in silos in our industry, which we mm -hmm. all know very, very well. It's not possible to always have a, a, an immediate answer because there's a domino effect to that, right. right? And so you have to sort of check the boxes before you can come back and say, here's your answer. And the clients that understand that best are always the best clients. Absolutely. Do you, you know, you work for a very large brand. Yeah. And so... uh I wonder, I wonder how that helps you and hinders you with clients. And, and by that, I mean, do, do clients sometimes expect more from you because you're part of the big brand? And do they, um, you know, throw stones because you're part of a big brand? Do you, do, do you find that happens on occasion that you sort of have to defend the entire brand sure. at your property? Of um, it's funny. I think I think clients want what they want, regardless of the brand. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's definitely. Um, I I understand what you're saying. Absolutely, I think that um, Married International. We we are a big name, and we have a big stamp in this hospitality industry. Um, there are very, uh, I would say, well traveled event managers from a corporation side who know how negotiation works and understands contracts and all the minutiae of that. And then there are more green meeting planners of these corporations who will ask for anything and they don't even know what they're asking for. So I think a lot of it is about educating. And sometimes I still have to educate myself. I mean, I came across a contract recently and I was just like, whoa, what is this? This is the first time I've ever seen this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think it ever hurts to ask for what you want. In fact, you should always ask for what you want. Um, and I always say, even if I can't get it for you, I'm going to have another option or it's, I never say no. It's always mm -hmm. uh, no. And I can offer this instead. Um, it just, 
I think that if we all stick with that mentality, then we they will keep coming back to us. Mm. You're not shutting the door in their face. You're you're leaving it always open for conversation. Mm. And you're leaning on your internal partners. You know, I I go to my director all the time for either advice or for questions on things that I need approval on. Very quick response times. Um, and again, if there's a no involved, just let me know the reason why. Mm. Because people want transparency. Mm. They right. want mm. you to be honest with them. And they're business-minded as well. I mean, these are businesses coming to a business. They they understand how it works. And so, again, educating, talking through it with them, um, and explaining why we might need to veer a different route is, is really important. Nice. I'd like to dig into your position a little bit, if you don't mind, and ask you to tell us a bit more about your position as the senior event manager, as a senior event manager at the Marriott Marquis. What are you responsible for and and what are your day-to-day activities, which I can just imagine are all over the place, but. (laughs) Yes, yes, they are. Every day is a different day, Um, ever-changing, which is part of what I love about it, much like, again, going back to my theatrical background, um, but essentially, uh, our sales department love them to death. They are the ones that keep me employed. I'll put it that mm. way. Good, they, good way to think about yes. them. They, they sell our property. Okay. And then they get a contract signed. That contract is now mine. It's my baby. So from start to finish, I have to now manage this whole experience. So sales did a great job of selling the property. Now I have to continue to sell it and to continue to work through the challenges that will come throughout a planning process. So the size of groups that I work with um, will typically want to start working at least a year out from their uh, conference date, if not further out. Um, I had a site visit very recently and it was for a group in June of 2025. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my head's not even there yet. Right. Um, but but that is what we what we do. Um, so now I know I met that that customer again. That first impression is going to carry me all the way until June of next year, and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's when, for example, this is a this is a great group to actually uh, tell you about the day to day. Constantly checking in with them. Of course, there will be questions that come up that require a response, um, working with their vendors throughout the process. Uh, that could be a production company. That could be Bellata Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be um, a designer, right? They have a DMC coming to um, bring a band to this reception um, or linens to a breakfast with flowers. Um, and then it's also working on menus with them. Some customers want custom menus, whereas some will order straight from our published menu. Uh, it's really, really fun to work on menus. That's my favorite part of my job because I love food. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be the most important thing to me if I was a meeting planner, um, would be the experience of the food and the beverage. Absolutely. But um And that, again, changes on a day-to-day basis. I have to have internal meetings quite often with my internal clients. I mean, I work with my chef very close, and he's an incredible chef. And then I have to lean on my event operations team, and they're the ones that execute the event that I've planned. So we have to be a well-oiled machine and constantly be communicating about these groups. And if there's ever any nuances 
something that really is going to be different than what we've ever done before. We have meetings, internal meetings, and then another meeting, and then another meeting leading up to that final um, showcase event. Um, and so, yeah, I would say the planning, building those client relationships, continuing to work on my internal relationships, menu designing. Oh my gosh, there's just so much. There's so much. And aside from all of that, we have the room block portion. So these large conferences will um, more than likely contract a room block with us. And so that's a, a, a certain number of sleeping rooms that they have reserved at our property that they will have to fill um, during that planning period. And that can be um, that can be quite a lot. I mean, we're talking about a thousand to one thousand two hundred people and rooms that need heads and beds. And there's a lot of background work that I have to do to make sure that we fulfill that because um, we have then taken those rooms out of our general inventory. So if they don't if they don't get booked and they don't get sold, we're 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 in trouble. Right. So um, again, that's another whole side of it that you have to really have a lot of focus on. So, so in your, I'm sorry, I see Alex has a question too. <laughs> uh, in, in your uh, position at the Marriott, then you, you, as the senior event manager, you're also responsible. Am I hearing this right? For making sure that those beds are filled with heads and that the client is on target with their their count and if there in fact will be any uh um slippage what do you call it we call it slippage that would slippage. be a technical word yeah slippage then, then you're staying on top of that and getting those rooms back into the inventory is that is that part of what your job is or i did am... i misunderstand no you are 100% correct anthony i am the um I own this group. I wow. truly do. So what this means is I gather information from them as to why they are picking up rooms or why they're not picking up rooms. Then I have a whole leadership team and support team that also do a ton of work with this, but I have to get the information. There's no one else that will be doing that. So right. that's again, where your relationship really, really comes in hand um, because a customer doesn't have to tell you anything, but if it's a partnership and they view you as a partner and they view you as somebody who's going to support them and advocate for them. And then my internal, my internal clients, they know that I'm also fighting for our business and fighting for us to get as many rooms as possible. And that I'm our advocate. It's very much a um, liaison mediating type of role, mm -hmm. but yet you have to take ownership as well. It's quite interesting. Yeah, people are really relying on you at that point, uh, one of which is the salesperson who sold the business and wants to make sure that it not only lays out the way the client expects, but financially it works for the hotel the way that it was intended when it was sold. So that's a big responsibility. Yes, I would assume. <laughs> yes, it is. make enemies very quickly in a role like yours if you're not careful. That's right. Um, you can. And uh, luckily that has not happened very often in my career. Um, but yes, um, definitely make friends more than enemies, keep them close, work mm -hmm. together, be yes. part of it just across the board. Right. Alex, did you want to ask a well, question? Yeah, I'm just kind of curious on uh, average, not exact. 
how many different events at one time are you managing working on? Uh, so that could be anywhere from 10 to 12. Wow. Actively working. Mm. Um, not all of those are going to require a lot of time. Um, again, it kind of all depends on the scope of the program, how far out you are. Uh, but yes, at least at least 10, if not 12. And I'm looking at that from a one group a month type of standpoint, which I have more than one group or customer a month. But um, that's that's how I look at it as a full year, year to date. Um, mm. And so one big customer every month is typically in conversation with me weekly. The Marriott is uh, in San Diego, the Marriott Marquis, San Diego Marina, uh, for those of you who don't know it, is uh, downtown and uh, part of the convention center structure, if you will. In other words, it is right next to the San Diego Convention Center. And so it plays a big part in what we call citywides when when big associations or groups are coming to town and require rooms throughout the city and are using the convention center. Uh, does that have an effect on the um, type of business that the Marriott uh, gets most prevalently? Like, for example, I'm thinking you do an awful lot of association business there, and that's, mm -hmm. that's probably the bulk of your business. Is that a fair statement? Um, shockingly, no, I, it's not quite as fair as what I would assume being somebody who doesn't work here. Um, you're correct in that we do a lot of citywide conferences and more often than not, we are typically selected as the headquarter hotel, which mm -hmm. means either the hotel has all of our rooms sold to this conference or a portion of them. And some of these citywides require all of the hotels in the city. Um, an example, that would be Comic-Con, for example. That's every July. That's a huge production. Um, and the city is sold out for that. And then some conferences are at the convention center with an exhibit hall there, and then just require one or maybe two hotels to house their rooms. Um, during those times, some, some groups will be housed with us but all of the meetings and exhibits are happening at the convention center, which means all of our meeting space is wide open and available. Mm. And that's when our sales team does a great job of booking um, what we call local social events. So whether that's a beautiful wedding or a gala of some sort or um, some sort of celebratory dinner for a company, um, especially during the holiday time, we have mm -hmm. a lot of um, military balls that we host mm -hmm. um, because corporations aren't really focused as much on meeting during the holidays. Right. Um, so it's quite fun and interesting. Um, and this is the first hotel I've ever worked at that has such an eclectic uh, demographic of, of group type. That's great to hear. It's also great to hear that the mix of business is important to mm -hmm. the property. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be straightforward. Oftentimes, um, I have felt being on a board or um, being asked by a foundation to help with an event, finding space locally has been a challenge. And when demand is really, really high for both room nights and space, it just becomes so, so difficult. So it's really, really great to hear that 
of course you want that business as a property the size of the Marriott to include rooms, but when you have the opportunity, you're really, really looking for that social business and local uh, local business. It's great to hear that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. We we have felt at times. I've been doing this a long time. Uh, <laughs> shut out. You know, like nobody really wants to host us because the value of the business is not as as much as it could be. Uh, so it's again just really great to hear that the Marriott has. Uh, a, a system in place to make sure that you're filling your space and and that includes reaching out to the local community. Oh yes, it 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 is. It's it's very nice. And we do have a whole um in our sales department, there's a subset, um, catering sales who that is their focus and they do a great job at it. Um and I even know off the top of my head, I mean we have so many repeat local uh, events happen every year. Um, one of our one of our event managers does an incredible job. A lot of those accounts are hers. So it's repeat business coming back and that's what we want. Um, and that shows that they're loyal, that shows that they're happy and that we're happy to have them. And it's very warming to know that to know that we have that. So Nikki, the you know, nobody's unless you, you know, been sleeping with your head under a rock for the last <laughs> few years. You, you obviously can see that there's been quite a bit of inflation everywhere and, and that has hit us too in our mm -hmm. in our markets in our business uh how difficult has that made your job and how 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 you know again because some of these contracts are signed you know so now they're coming to fruition and now you're the bearer of the real news this is what things cost these days how many of those conversations are you having these days and uh, how do you get through them? Yeah. And how do you make it work? Yeah. Um, it is a very common conversation. Um, and it is, it's, it's hard, you know, I mean, it's exhausting and there's challenges that come with it. Um, I always try to find some way to spin it in a way where the customer sees value add, um, so that it doesn't look like it's just markup after markup after markup. There's actually reason mm -hmm. behind it. Um, I think everyone understands San Diego. Weren't we just announced what, like the most expensive city to live in in the country? Mm -hmm. um, I think everyone knows that. I think we definitely have made our um, stamp on the map with that. Um, and I try to resonate with the customer when these conversations come up. I mean, I feel it, you know, as a resident that lives here, um, you know, everything is expensive. It truly, truly is. However, it's a great place to live and it's worth it. And so I try to use that as, as my model when I go into those conversations is, you know, San Diego is not an Orlando, it's not a Dallas, and those are great cities, but by no means are they near as um, expensive as we are. Um, and our tourism authority does a great job at showcasing our city and, um, you know, living here is hard and paying those prices is hard, but the service that you will receive from us the the quality that you will receive from us, whether that be food quality or cleanliness in your room, um, you know, you it's it's worth it at the end. We can always discuss ways to fit within your budget. Is what I like to say. Give me your budget, mm -hmm. I'll make it happen. Um, and I try to get them away from the sticker price of things. More mm -hmm. talk talk through your program with me, talk to me about what you want, what's important to you, 
um, and then let me work the magic in order to keep it within that budget that you need. Excellent that you're doing yeah. everything you can to try to, you know, smooth over those issues because they feel like they, they're just coming boom, 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 one after the other these days. It's, it's tough. Yeah. And and you can see both sides. Obviously, you can see both sides. That's correct. <laughs> so we have to ask, how did being a dancer help prepare you for a yes. career in hospitality? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I actually was more than just a dancer. I was very much in a musical theater and had a true passion for that. Um, I, you know, I think that just being on the stage is something that once once you've experienced it and you enjoyed it, you almost get addicted to it a little bit. Like you love, you love the feeling of stepping into the lights and having an audience mm -hmm. and making them laugh or making them cry. And, um, and then when you look in the wings of the stage, there's all this stuff happening that mm -hmm. they don't know anything about. And that's very much like an event. Um, we have to keep our composure. Client has to trust that I have it covered. So what you see um, in my face and in front of house um, is great and it should always be great. And then back of house, you have the plate ups happening from the chef and you have the AD company trying to find the power source and you have our servers our wonderful banquet servers um, pushing these huge Queen Mary's with salads on them or desserts on them. And I'm telling you, having having the the front view and then the back view of an event take place, it is so exhilarating. And it really is just like when you are about to perform. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when you take your your uh, your curtain bow and, you know, I'm curtsying and thanking the audience. It's just like when I have to say goodbye to a customer, um, I always take it a little bit you know, personal. Um, I love my customers and I love working with them. And especially if the event goes off with flying colors, it is just so good to give them a hug and say, thank you so much for trusting in me and us. And we cannot wait to see you again and have you come back. Um, and it's just great. You know, it's just great. Well, we love hearing that fellow musical theater. Yes. Uh, aficionados. Yes. Uh, performers are part of the industry now because both Alex and I are past musical theater performers. Oh, I had uh, no idea. <laughs> you had no idea, right? <laughs> you couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. <laughs> and I don't want to, let's, let's take one word out of that sentence, please. What? And that is? Past. Oh. Okay. That's right. Nothing's you know, over. I'm, I'm still a performer, Alex. I'll get it's up here. my favorite here. thing karaoke on Saturday nights or just, you know, one of the things I do when I'm coming into work is blast the music and do some dances. Like it just gets me going, gets the mm -hmm. blood flowing, gets me excited and ready for the day. We're always performers. Don't ever stop. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely right. So if I was 22 and I told you that I wanted to do exactly what you're doing, Nikki, what advice would you give me? Run far away. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. That's what that's what everybody jokes about in this industry because it takes tough, tough skin to get through it. Um, I absolutely love what I do. I went to school for it. I have been doing it and I will continue to do it my whole life. I think that it does take a very 
strong person to do what I do and to, and to be able to leave personal lives at home because sometimes I'm at work more than I am anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you enjoy it, then stick to it and always give it a shot. Um, You know, it's okay to say this isn't for me, but if it's something that you're even thinking you might want to do, I recommend trying it out. And, and, and you, you just said it, you went to school, you went to South Carolina university, you studied hospitality there. Uh, How, how did that help you? So love University of South Carolina, go Gamecocks. Um, They have an incredible hospitality management program. Um, When I went there, they were number nine in the nation compared to schools like Cornell and Penn State, um, UNLV in Las Vegas. Um, And so in that program, it was just a wonderful experience. You have to um, complete two internships in order to even get your degree. So one of the things that I always say is it's all about experience. It's not about what you read out of a book or what tests you you ace or don't ace. Um, What we do for a living, you have to experience it in person. And that will be the one and only way you'll know if you're truly ready. And thanks for that experience, the two internships I had were absolutely wonderful. And that is what laid the ground for me. Nice. Uh, Which of these statements is true to your thinking? Less is more or more is better. That is so funny you say that because just today I was thinking how less is more, um, which is not something I really have ever thought. I'm a very exuberant person. I have a big personality and I always... (sighs) You know, I know I'm like, I always throw it all out there. And I think that that's what is needed and what's wanted. Um, And I've learned a lot in my life recently that maybe reeling it back just a little bit, keeping them guessing, Mm. being a little bit mysterious in some ways, um, that that actually helps me achieve things in a different way. So I'm going to leave it at that. No, Um, I love that. I love that you thought about it just this morning. And I have to say that that you just uttered a yayaism. Really? Yeah. So my yaya used to always say, "Always keep them guessing; it yeah. keeps them coming back." Mm-hmm. So, are you noticing any trends materializing in the requests that you're receiving from clients? Anything uh-huh. at all? <laughs> yes, I'm already thinking of one. When you said that, it's um. Oh, I don't know if I should call it a dietary restriction or an allergy restriction. Oh. Um, you know, all of a sudden, everybody has something they can't yes. eat. Yes. And it is just so challenging and overwhelming. And it is so difficult to keep everyone happy. And mm-hmm. so that's become a really, a really hard thing for me to get past is how do I keep everyone happy, not just one person. I need to really make sure all of the, all of the attendees or all of the guests of a dinner, for example, are happy. And, you know, there's a name for everything nowadays. You have an ovotarian, mm-hmm. pescatarian, vegetarian, there's a tarian for everything. But then aside from that, <laughs> people that don't eat eggs, don't eat red meat, but they do eat chicken, but they don't eat cheese, but they do drink milk. It's just mm-hmm. the most confusing thing ever. Um, so that is a trend that is definitely um, uh, continuing. And I think we should all get prepared for that. And we should really start looking at how we build our menus to um, 
satisfy the masses, if that is even possible to do. Right, right. Some kind of flexibility in the menu mm -hmm. that doesn't drive the chef so crazy. You know, right. There's the other side of that too. Yeah, you know? right. Yes. There is, and, keep them happy. Yeah, and I assume that, you know, your chef understands that this is happening and is, is able to go along with the ride, may not like it, but is able to go along with the ride and does so. Yeah, and our chef is actually um, super, super great about it. Uh, recently, we started getting into using more of the impossible meats versus a black bean quinoa burger, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, so they've really done a great job of incorporating that whole concept because a lot of, a lot of, um, the vegans and vegetarian, um, market out there, that's, that's what they want. They want chicken nuggets that aren't chicken and they want burgers that aren't burger. Mm -hmm. Um, cause they want to eat what everyone else is eating and not, not stand out from the crowd. And so our chef has done a phenomenal job at finding plant-based food products to really replace, um, what would be a meat product any other day. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. All right. So we are sort of at the end, unfortunately, with it comes so quickly, you know, so quickly, but we have just five questions more for you. We call them our Bolotified Five. <gasps> the Bolotified Five. First question is, what is your golden rule? So my golden rule is actually the golden rule. And I know that that might sound so cliche, but um, it's definitely something I personally live by. And I truly believe um, doing unto others what you would want done to you. Mm -hmm. I think that if we all lived like that, this world would be such a better place. And mm -hmm. if we all provided customer service like that, then it I mean, it would just be phenomenal. It would be a phenomenal world that we live in, a phenomenal industry that we service and um, treat others the way that you want to be treated. As simple as that. 100% agree. Uh, yeah, we, we, we you're not going to get any fight here. Yeah. No, that's a great, great answer. Uh, what is one daily habit you have that you strongly believe contributes to your success? A cup of coffee. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I could not imagine, I could not imagine doing what I do without my morning cup of coffee. I really can't, you know, I know that that's simple and kind of silly, but I mean, that, that is what I need. That's the fuel that feeds the fire. So definitely that cup of Joe, thank you so much. And I'm glad I don't have to drink decaf. I love it. Uh, all right. When no one is listening, what are the things you're telling yourself? <clears throat> Well, positive words of affirmation. This is something new that I have been working on. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I think in this industry, um, it's very easy to be hard on yourself and to be down on yourself. And we're all our own worst critic. So I really tried to flip that script and, and just constantly remind myself, you are only one person and you're doing the best that you can. And that is something that I have been... Uh, saying to myself on a daily basis for, I would say about six months now. Um, and I have, it has really helped me release a lot of stress that I used to hold on to. It really has, because once you kind of let go and know that change is inevitable and things will happen and you can only do the best that you can do in that moment, you just, you, you really get through things a lot easier. So. 
it's sage sage advice for mm -hmm. yourself and um you know one i would just add one more thing and you actually said it you're you're doing your the best that you can do in that moment is that your best is always different it's not always going to be the same right. and so it's it's important that you don't expect that from yourself every time you just do your best correct so what is one change you'd like to see in the world today um I think it kind of goes along with my golden rule. Um, mm -hmm. I just wish that we would all respect each other. You don't have to like each other. You don't have to like what everybody's ideas or religious beliefs or political beliefs are, but just respect that, that you have them. Respect that we, we are allowed to have whatever beliefs we want. And that's part of what's so wonderful about having freedom. Um, and if we just honestly love and respect each other, and again, you don't have to agree, but respect is huge. I love when people respect me and I want to respect them. And I just think the world would be a completely better place if, if we just did that. And we can't help but agree. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so what is the last question? What is your why? What motivates Nikki Arnold? Other than the coffee. Other than the coffee, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I love, I hate to say I'm a people pleaser because <laughs> a lot of us are in this industry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to be. Yeah. Um, when I please people, I'm pleased. I think that that is something that, you know, is part of my brand, something I do want to stand on. Um, it, it doesn't stress me out to please people or to make them laugh or to make them happy. Um, you know, again, in a world that's so sometimes sad, um, it just brings me the most joy to make somebody laugh. Because of that, I'm an extremely goofy person and I have um, a very eclectic personality and anybody in my personal life, I think would agree with me on that and my professional too. Mm -hmm. um, and so my why is honestly every day when it comes to personal and my professional life is just making a difference and making every moment count and making somebody's day because that makes my day. I love that Nikki, because I think we get, we get so, because I'm the same way. I'm a people pleaser and people confuse that with being a doormat. Being a people pleaser is not being a doormat. Being a people pleaser is going out of your way to make people happy. Being a doormat is going out of your way to make yourself unhappy. Mm -hmm. Two very different things. Yes. And I, when I moved to California in 1991, I worked for somebody who said to me, to be in this industry, you really have to have the heart of a servant. And I took those words to heart because uh, she was right and she is right, you know, and there's nothing demeaning about that at all because no. when you, when you can portray the heart of a, a servant, you know, there's an awful lot of uh, good that comes out of it. And it's an awfully strong thing to do. There's no weakness in that at all. And the fact that you are a people pleaser is one of the reasons you're so darn successful in your world and in the industry and such a great representative uh, and one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show, because you you do try to uh, 
obtain a win-win for everyone. You're in it for the long haul. Uh, you know, you're there to take the punches when you need to take them, but you're also there to be part of the joy and and give the great news when you can. And uh, that's authentic and delightful mm -hmm. and just awesome. Do you know about the Gold Key Awards? Have you heard of the Gold Key Awards here in, in our town? Oh, I haven't. Well, like, I think... Thank I, you for those kind words, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Well, I, I, I absolutely 1,000% mean them, and I would like to see you on stage uh, with the song Believe following you up as you go up to receive maybe not a lifetime achievement because you're, you're way too young for that, but a gold key award for your service to the industry. Uh, because if I have met anyone who is worthy of that award, it is you, Nikki Arnold. You really are an unbelievably professional, can-do person. And yes. you, you prove that to us when we have the opportunity to see it. And I'm sure you're proving it every single day. So thank you, thank you, Thanks. thank you. Thank you so much. That that's why I do it. <laughs> that's why you do it, and that's why we are big fans yes. of you, Nikki Arnold. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for giving us your time. I'm sure you're busy as heck, but <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it, y'all. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Hey, thank you for listening to Bellotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast. Bellotified is a production of Bellotta Entertainment. Hey, that's a lot of Bellotta. Stay engaging. <laughs>